New from the Fox News Podcast Network. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. And I had nothing to do with her disappearance. I sit down with the people who lived the nightmares. I was in shock. I was just devastated. The investigators who tirelessly worked on the case. And I really hope that they can catch this guy. Bringing you closer to the story than you ever thought possible. Listen and follow now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. These are the stories that keep you up at night. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Purple Mafia, with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, June the 6th, 2011. It is episode number 88 of Purple Mafia. I am, of course, your host, Paladino Joey, also known as, well, <laughs> Joey Awajan, and I'm I'm finally back. Well, I'm finally back. We're going to do the best we can to get you as caught up on things. I'm not going to be able to cover every single little thing that happened over the course of the last several months since I've done this show. Yeah, well, about two months. I won't say several. Thinking about the Timberwolves explosion and Brave the Wild. Those have been in about a month or so more than this one since I did the previous one. Uh, yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long hiatus folks and I'm really sorry of course the long cleanups got in the way uh, just the weather was horrible uh, it's just you know when you have a second job it takes a while to kind of get back into the swing of things especially when you know you you have two jobs and you're trying to keep up with a podcast like this and two others as well yeah it's uh, things get tough and I do apologize for those of you that have been listening and wondering where the hell is Paladino Joey and Purple Mafia well I'm, I'm here now Again, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to try to get to as many of the Facebook uh, posts as possible over the course of the show. Those of you that did join the Purple Mafia page, of course, purplemafia.com, or excuse me, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia. Do appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Purple Mafia, of course, is available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. I do thank each and every one of you who are still out there listening. Thank you all of you very, very much. Um, well,. For those of you that are new to the show, of course, we cover the Minnesota Vikings, as you may have guessed. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the draft, mostly. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about our new quarterback, Christian Ponder. Yeah, I'm finally saying the name Christian Ponder on the Purple Mafia airwaves. It's been a little bit longer than I expected. I wanted to get this show up about a month ago when the draft happened. And I just couldn't. I just couldn't. One job at overtime, and then there's the cleanups at the same time, lawn cleanups. It's just overwhelming, folks. You just have 
Well, some of you do have an idea of just how crazy busy schedules can get at times. Um, that's just a deal. Sorry for bouncing around there. We do have a call also from Anthony from L.A. We're going to get to that extremely shortly. In fact, we're going to get to that. In a, that's probably one of the first things we're going to get to here. But no, yep, mostly, yeah, there's the draft and, of course, uh, just news along the way. The lockout ended for a split second. The lockout's back. That's about where we're at with the collective bargaining agreement. There's about about all I want to talk about with that for the time being. Maybe I'll get back to it later. As you know how I am in Probo Mafia, I'll uh, not talk about something, and then I'll get right back into it. That's kind of how it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll just randomly get into it during the show. Um, yeah, Purple Random Mafia. Uh, I may have some announcements for you in a little while. Uh, something in the works I'll be getting to, possibly involving something, uh, having some drawings on the page. But in order to be able to do that, I'm going to need more of you to please click like on the Purple Mafia page. You know how they say, like us on Facebook? Yes, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like me on Facebook. Like Purple Mafia Show on Facebook. We need more of you on there in order to create some type of a drawing. Um because only people who have clicked like can really go in the drawing to try to win uh, certain things in the future. I'm not going to announce what that is just yet, but um, because I just, you know, it's not it's not the time to announce uh, <laughs> this new part of Pro Mafia, the Pro Mafia show, um, just yet. Just throwing that out there. Please do click like. Would appreciate it very much. But yeah. That's pretty much about it. Uh, Anthony from L.A. gets into the draft a bit, and we're going to get to that call right about now. Hey, Joey, what's up? It's Anthony from L.A. just want to call and talk about the first two rounds NFL drafts. Uh, I know a lot of uh, people out there didn't really like the Christian Ponder pick or thought it was a reach. Um, I want to kind of try and tell you why I don't think so. He, see, the Vikings need quarterback they could have yeah they could have probably moved up to get Blaine Gabbert maybe but then who would they have to give up they would have to give up a fourth round pick we don't have a third round pick and that's just less picks for us to have and we need a defensive line we need secondary help Christian Ponder Andrew or uh, Andy Dalton all these other quarterbacks that were available probably would not be there by the time the Vikings pick again in the second second round um Ponder, I mean, I I like him. He's a he's smart, intelligent. He's intelligent. He throws a good, nice, accurate pass. He's mobile. He runs. You know, he's he's a he can run out the pocket, and make some plays. Uh, he doesn't have the best deep ball, I noticed. But and also he had a couple injuries in college. I think he had a surgery on his forearm. But he says he's good now, and also a, a little shoulder problem. Um, but I like the pick, and, uh, you know, we're going to roll with him, and, and they're going to battle it out. I think he'll win. I think he's going to start in September in San Diego, which, by the way, I'm going to that game. Um, and he's 6'2", 230 pounds. Big, solid guy, you know. I think he's going to do well. And also, don't forget, don't forget, we got a quarterback coach, Bill Musgrave, who molded Matt Ryan to, to, you know, his Matty Ice that he is now. So we got a good uh, coach back there to help him uh, go the right path. So be positive. I think it's a good pick. And then the number two pick, uh, Rudolph, tight end, six six, New Notre Dame, huge guy. 
you know, he's going to take Shanko's spot. Shanko's been quiet the last couple of years. And this guy is a huge target, huge target. Check him out. Check out some of his plays. He just makes amazing. He's, he's, he's a mismatch, complete mismatch to any other linebacker out there. So he's going to make some plays for us also. Okay, Joy. And I thank you for that call. As always, Anthony from L.A., just a fantastic caller, very knowledgeable and very detailed. We like that here on Purple Mafia. We love detail. It is fantastic. And, um, hey, you know what? At first, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people were talking about what a reach it is to take Christian Ponder with the 12th overall pick. See, at the very, very beginning, you kind of initially thought that, but then it's like, wait a minute, he would have gone 16th anyway to the Jaguars had they just stood pat and waited for him. Um, You know, Chuck's Jake Locker. Some people thought Jake Locker was going to slip way down to 16th. That would have pushed, uh, of course, Ponder even further back if that took place. But it could have gone either way. And look at, but look at Jake Locker. Look at Jake Locker, eighth to the to the Redskins. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> he went to the Jaguars because they traded up with the Redskins. Excuse me, that's what happens when you're a month late to the party here. And I apologize to that. Uh, just a millisecond brain fart that I caught right away. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jake Locker going eighth overall. The Redskins trading down in that one. I don't think Redskins fans are all too happy with that one, uh, especially with they're already broke up. They're already divorcing with McNabb. Uh, if not official yet, they pretty much have divorced with him, essentially, by sitting him down and all that good stuff. you got to like what's going on in Washington. Again, one of the franchises that I just totally loathe in this league. But no, Christian Ponder, not a reach. No, not at all. Uh, I love Christian Ponder's mindset. Uh, he, he, is, he is like a genius, basically. <laughs> he really is. His IQ has got to be just, like, up there in, like, the elite level. Uh, of course, IQ does not make a great quarterback. No, it doesn't. But he, he, he is a great quarterback. He's very accurate. Uh, he's smart down the stretch. And a guy who can learn, you know, he's, he is like a system quarterback in terms of he will learn things very quickly and he will adjust to the system very quickly, uh, make any adjustments he needs to make, that is, because no system is exactly the same. Bill Musgrave, as you mentioned, very astutely did a great job with uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta. I mean, look at Matt Ryan, one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. Bill Musgrave, a nice, <laughs> a nice pick for that offensive coordinator position for the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, will be coaching Christian Ponder and the offense. Hey, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm very very excited. It's nice to be able to put a face, a name, and a face the quarterback of the future with the Minnesota Vikings instead of a guy named Tavares Jackson, who, of course, never really was a true quarterback of the future. He was just like, I guess he's the quarterback of the future. It was like one of those, I guess. You know, he was one of those, I guess, he's a quarterback of the future. When in all reality, Tavares Jackson did not warrant a second overall pick. A lot of people knew that when it happened. And it was just like, okay, we traded up today to get him. Cute. So that's why Brad Childress is no longer the head coach of the Vikings. One of many reasons, of course. Um, Christian Ponder, of course, now at this point, uh, I've said of course about 19 times, uh, Christian Ponder is the face that will be permanently inked with, or linked with uh, Vice President of Player Personnel, Rick Spielman at this point in time, because Rick Spielman was sold on Ponder to a point that, hey, you know, this is my guy. I'm taking him 12th overall, despite he may have gone a little bit lower. 
uh, this is a Rick Spielman deal right here, just like in Childress's case, DeVars Jackson was permanently linked with him in terms of his job. So uh, I do think Christian Conner is going to work out. I, I have a good feeling about him. And like I said in the previous show, that was like 9 million years ago, the Vikings need to get lucky. They need to get lucky. They need to get. They need an Aaron Rodgers. Not sure if Ponder is that, but but maybe. I mean, nobody knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Super Bowl champion MVP Aaron Rodgers that he is today. Nobody knew. Uh, Blaine Gabbert loved him. He was my guy overall in the entire draft. The Vikings had the number one overall pick, and I was the vice president of player personnel. I would have taken Blaine Gabbert, folks. I would have not taken Cam Newton, despite how talented he is despite how uh, highly touted he is and all that good stuff. He played one year in college. You just don't know with a guy like that. You just don't know. One year. One. One, folks. One. Glenn Gabbert, an overall, in my opinion, the overall best quarterback in the draft. Yeah, went significantly later than people would have expected, including myself. Uh, the Vikings still need line help. There's no doubt about it. But uh, a lot of people like Ballard. I like him as well. We'll get to him later on. We do think he will help. We'll get to him later on. The secondary, again, not really much going on. The offensive line virtually ignored yet again for the second year in a row. This this offensive line needs a lot of work. I'm a little frustrated with that. Again, the other thing when you get back to ponder is the health and the uh, ability to throw the deep ball. We'll see. It's like it's not the worst arm in the world. He's not. Uh, <laughs> he's not Chad Pennington, you know. And again, Chad Pettington's the kind of guy who obviously gets hurt, gets hit once, basically, and he's out for another six to eight weeks. Christian Ponder is not that guy in that sense, but he's all because he plays through injury and continues to play very, very good football. He's also very clutch, which is something the Vikings have really never had at the quarterback position. You could make arguments of Warren Moon and his two-minute huddle and Brett Favre and his this and that with his, you know, throw the ball and hope this random purple guy catches it, or green guy, green and gold guy catches it. It's not necessarily clutch. Sometimes it's just, it was a it was a risk that he had to take, and he took it, and he made a play. I guess, you know, I don't want to say Favre is complete garbage, because of course he wasn't, you know, down the stretch. You know, I mean, in, in clutch and games, that is. Obviously, we know he wasn't garbage. But uh, clutch and games, well, sometimes he's lucky, and sometimes you have to get lucky. Uh, the good news, though, yes, Ponder is healthy, and now the hope is that his deep ball, deep, deep game, deep ball, whatever you want to call it, is uh, going to be in full in full force. He will have more of a deep ball coming into the NFL season. The only question, of course, becomes when are we going to play football? When are we going to play football? September? August? Are we going to have a training camp? Well, it's looking kind of bleak. Every time it's like, oh, it was a positive meeting. You know, we came out of it real positive, And it's like, oh, everything sucks, blah, 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 you know, by the next day. So it's like, uh, here we go again. Here we go again. This is uh, this is kind of an ugly one. We just hope it doesn't turn out like the NHL did a few years ago back in, what was it, 0405 when, oh, that's right, there was no 0405 season. So what am I talking about? What's 0405? That's... That was a year, but there was no season. So, yeah, I can't really talk about that year, can I, in the NHL? Yeah, we hope we're not going to be talking about that with the 2011 um, year. And so we're going to hopefully we're going to talk about a season and not that it was just a year <laughs> regarding the National Football League. Congratulations on going to that San Diego game. Because, of course, that's the closest uh, to L.A. for the most part. 
Yeah, San Francisco, or excuse me, San Diego Chargers. Got to like that. Hope you like watching the Vikings and the Chargers go at it. Anthony, if, if, if they're able to play, that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully you get to see Christian Ponder go out there and uh, do his thing and do it well, <laughs> for lack of better terms. Randolph, yes, Randolph. Excuse me, Rudolph, not Randolph. <laughs> Rudolph is a very, very exciting pick. He really is, regarded as the top tight end in the entire draft. Of course, as you mentioned, yes, uh, definitely a mismatch. You got to like that. You got to like the fact that he is a mismatch. That was a great way to put it, uh, Anthony. Really is a great way to put it. Mismatch for linebackers all over the place. Of course, that being Kyle Rudolph. Nice pick. I mean, nice pick. It's kind of surprising sometimes when you take a tight end in the second round when you got like a million other holes. And Vasante Shenko is a pretty good tight end. Maybe not the best in the league, but he's pretty good. Yeah, but, hey, why not? If he's this can't-miss player that everybody is seeing, and I, you, you can see it as well, the guy from Notre Dame, Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> as you can see how good he really is when you do watch his videos, and you did watch games, if you're able to. It's going to be very interesting. It really is going to be very interesting to see how this turns out. And uh, he, he'll be a nice target for Christian Ponder. You hope the Vikings uh, wide receivers, Sidney Rice, and, of course, Percy Harvin can stay healthy and contribute because Christian Ponder could be good real quick with all these guys around him because you can't forget about the running game of Adrian Peterson and even, you know, if he get, if he ever really proves himself. The other guy, the other guy, right? The, the white running back. Oh, you know, oh, what's his name? Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. He's an okay running back. He started showing some... Uh, progress later in the year. That was last year's second round pick. That was supposed to be all exciting, all great and exciting. Toby Gerhardt. Um, yeah, we're still waiting to really see the magic from him. Uh, of course, the fact that he never fumbles the ball. Oh, wait, he did fumble the ball three times last year. So again, another one of those deals. We'll see how that turns out. But Kyle Rudolph, hey, good pick. Uh, very exciting. The offense, pretty good. But again, one other problem. You know, you could use a little help protecting quarterback because Brett Favre got killed last year. We all know Brett Favre lacks mobility, but <laughs> mobility or not, you got to protect the blipping quarterback, folks. The quarterback needs to be protected, period. You'll never, you're not going to win the National Football League without protecting the quarterback. And the Vikings took a guard named Demarcus Love in the sixth round. The sixth round for the second year in a row. The only offensive lineman taken in the in the draft by the Minnesota Vikings was taken in the sixth round, and of course a guard. In this case, the last uh, yes, last year Trish uh, Deguer. Last year it was Deguer, so um, we're just all right. Uh, the other guy with the last name of Love in this town is Kevin Love, and he's he's a, you know he's obviously a superstar for the well not a superstar but an all star for the Timberwolves. Hopefully DeMarcus Love can prove, prove a little bit of something here with the Vikings. He's obviously a huge guy, six foot five, 315 pounds, so we'll see how that turns out. We're going to get more into that again when we get into the draft after I'm done talking this, taking this, uh, finishing up this call as I'm pretty much doing that right now. We'll take a break here in a second. Um, it's the offensive line. Again, ignored. That is a major frustration. One cornerback taken, Brandon Burton. That's good. So I'm just kind of doing a quick little 
overview uh, free safety, Mr. Raymond. So you got, I mean, the defense, excuse me, the secondary was, I mean, there's at least some competition being brought in at those positions. Brandon Burton, a lot of people like that pick as well, actually. Uh, they even took a, uh, a center, Brandon Fusco from Slippery Rock. You gotta love that. <laughs> see how that goes. We will see how that goes. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting names in this draft, actually, believe it or not. Though, unfortunately, again, the third-round pick missing, as you mentioned, as we all like to put that in there because of where that third-round pick went. It went, yeah, to the Patriots for Randy Moss. Um, frustrating, but that's just how it goes. <laughs> that's just how it goes. And my God, it's Kyle Rudolph big. Yep, six foot six, two sixty-five, as you mentioned, Mister Anthony from L.A. Got it like that, indeed. So, with that, we are going to take a quick break, and we are going to get right into the draft, and of course your Facebook uh, posts as well. And, oh, yeah, that's right. One other topic we're going to get into l- much later in the show, Arden Hills. <laughs> yep, Arden Hills Stadium. All right, we will be right back. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 88, which again is a reminder for iPod users and also Microsoft Zune users and other MP3 players. Thank you again for joining the show. We're going to get to the actual draft here first, and then we will take another break and get to the Facebook talk and take one more break (laughs) and get to, yeah, get to a little Arden Hills Stadium talk to wrap up the show. So there's your uh, outline for Episode number 88. Well, of course, in the first round, the Minnesota Vikings did not trade down. They did not trade up. Jake Locker was taken with the eighth pick. And, of course, in a, in the, in a trade with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, that was, a lot of, that was the guy I wanted for the Vikings. That's a guy a lot of people thought was going to go to the Vikings at 12th overall. But a guy that was often talked about, often mentioned on sports shows in local town, in, in this local town that is, excuse me, particularly the Paul Allen show in KFAN, which you could probably guess I listen to that show pretty frequently. Yeah, pretty frequently. Uh, Christian Ponder did wind up with the Vikings, much to a lot of people's surprise in some cases, but in my case, hey, I was like, what did I say a million times in episode number 87? Get a quarterback. Just please take a flipping quarterback. And, yeah, let's shore up the offensive line. Well, they did one of the two. And, of course, in the draft, there's no guarantee you're going to shore up the offensive line. I mean, you're not going to take four offensive linemen, but maybe two. Um, maybe two or maybe even a third one would have been nice. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have killed me. It wouldn't have killed anybody, actually. Uh, depth would be nice, too. They don't necessarily have to be starters. But uh, to Christian Ponder, of course, I talked about him already extensively after the uh, Anthony from L.A. call when I was commenting on him. Christian Ponder and Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, of course, was the 12th overall pick in the 14th round, or the second round. Second round, I'm looking at something else here. Second round, uh, the, le- the 11th pick in the second round, 
third overall. That's probably where I got a little bit screwed up. Christian Ponder, number one pick for the Vikings, 12th overall. Uh, not a bad pick at all, in my opinion. As mentioned, not a reach. You got the quarterback of the future. You got a face to put with a name. You got something going on. You got something going on, and I'm glad. I really am glad. Is he a franchise quarterback? Maybe. We'll see. I hope so. I hope he's a franchise quarterback. We don't know yet exactly, but he did play for a very well-known team. Of course, the Florida State Seminoles. He's not somebody who came out of the middle of nowhere. He didn't come from, like, Kentucky or something and play against some lousy teams. Kentucky's not exactly known for, for uh, football. They're mostly known for basketball when it comes to college, NCAA, whatever, Division One. Yeah, you get the idea. Uh, but Christian Ponder's overall numbers in college were pretty darn good, to be honest. I mean, the guy was a, a great player in college. He really was. And he was very clutch, and again, <laughs> his... Not only his, his his accuracy was high, but more or less just his his overall ability to get the job done is high. Now his accuracy wasn't the highest overall in the history of the world when it came to his his first year actually playing. That would be his sophomore year in 2008. 55 percent in that year, 13 interceptions to go with 14 touchdowns. But the next year, hey, you know, 14 touchdowns again, only seven interceptions. You got to like that. Quarterback rating of one, 47.7. And then, of course, his senior year, 20 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Very, very good indeed. Um, 135.7 quarterback rating. Got it like that. But the, also, the good news is the guy can run. Yes, he can. He is mobile. A lot of people will tell you he's not mobile. Well, they're wrong. They're straight up wrong. There they are. As a sophomore, he rushed for 423 yards and then 180, basically, in each of his junior and senior seasons. Multiple touchdowns each year. Four touchdowns as a senior, two touchdowns as a junior, and four touchdowns as a sophomore. Those, of course, on the ground. Very interesting when you look at that. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the NFL as the defense is a little bit tighter in the National Football League than it is in college football. But still, talent is talent, ability is ability. And uh, when you watch his videos and when you see him play, the guy can move. The guy can move. That is a good thing. That will help Christian Ponder to be more successful despite this, the fact that the uh, offensive line is not the greatest here in town right now. Steve Hutchinson's getting old. Um, Bryant McKinney is Bryant McKinney. He's up and down a little bit. Anthony Herrera, who knows what's going to happen with him. Um, <laughs> Sullivan, John Sullivan is really an unknown right now. Not sure you really want him to be the starting center of this team or not. Very, very hard to say. But, um, hey, you know, it's going to be a nice, I think this is going to be a nice marriage for the Minnesota Vikings. I really do. I really do. I mean, it's nice to finally be able to talk about, as I'm going to say for the 15,000th time on this show, it's nice to finally be able to talk about a real quarterback of the future on this team. It really is nice. And a guy who is accurate, which Tavares Jackson was not. A guy who is incredibly studious, which Tavares Jackson with all, you know, all indications are he was not. Uh, and I mean all indications are that he was not. The accuracy just ridiculous for Christian Ponder. 62% overall in college. 69% in his junior year and 62% in his senior year. Very accurate quarterback indeed. 
overall. Health, a little bit of a concern, but again, not the end of the world. When you're regarding Christian Ponder, no, not the end of the world. I, you know, again, a guy who can play through pain and get it done. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And of course, talked about this guy as well when it came to Anthony from LA because he had called right after the first two rounds were over. That's how that works pretty much when it comes to the NFL draft these days. Uh, yeah, Kyle Rudolph, a very nice target, a very big target for Christian Ponder or whoever the Vikings starting quarterback is starting out this season next year or this year, whatever you want to call it. Um, Kyle Rudolph, yeah, a very, very good, very reliable target. Of course, the talk is, I mean, I mean, I mean not the talk, I mean, the, <laughs> the obvious... The obvious, you're stating the obvious, Vasani Shigo and Jim Kleinsasser are getting older. Yes, they are, unfortunately. They are. They're over 30 years old, of course. And uh, Rudolph will be a very solid guy indeed for this team. In fact, maybe very, very good. Jim Kleinsasser, never really a receiving tight end. He was a blocking tight end. Vasanta Shenko went from a guy who couldn't catch worth crap to a very, very above average tight end. In fact, a pro bowler at that time, you know, at least once in his career with the Vikings. Very good tight end Vizante Shenko over the time and I got to think he will help Kyle Rudolph get better I mean why not why not indeed uh, Bill Rusk Bill Musgrave is again the right coach for a guy like Kyle Rudolph and Christian Ponder you got to love what you're getting right there you really do now, Kyle Rudolph's stats at college not exactly those of a explosive receiving tight end, but good enough. You know, good enough. If he can bring numbers like this into the NFL, we'll take it. Good enough. Um, pretty much the same thing every single year, 2008, 2009, and 2010. Uh, of course, yep, he came out after his junior year in the NFL, so he's a little bit younger than Ponder, just a teeny bit. But basically, he averaged about 300 and. 40 yards and three touchdowns a season and about 32 catches, 31 catches. Not bad. Not spectacular, not bad. Uh, of course, in college, there's less games. Yeah, Christian Ponder's numbers are a lot less than you'd see in the NFL if he played a 16-game schedule. So you could kind of translate Kyle Rudolph's numbers to maybe 500 yards and six touchdowns or five touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, we could definitely use another guy like that. Maybe we will translate into much better in the National Football League. We will see what happens. We will see what happens indeed. <laughs> you just never know until it happens. And the Vikings, of course, could potentially have some major uh, problems with the defensive line here if uh, Ray Edwards leaves. So they take, and of course, the departure of uh, yeah, the departure of Patrick Williams most likely departure and also the fact that the suspension is going to take place for the Williams wall <laughs> they're pretty much giving up on that one um, Christian Ballard another Christian taken in this draft this was a fourth round pick ninth in the fourth round 106 overall Christian Ballard people pretty excited about this one actually people believe it could be an excellent value uh, Carl Dunbar can light a fire underneath him, <laughs> you know, if, if you can keep him focused. He, you know, kind of almost sounds like the other guy we took last year, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. The defensive end we took last year from <laughs> USC. Kind of funny how that turns out. Oh, if we can light a fire under him, he tested positive for marijuana and this and that. Well, great. But it's, we'll see. I mean, a lot of people are really 
excited about his talent, first round type talent, again, just like the guy we took from the fourth round last year at the defensive end, yeah, he had a little bit of problem right now, we'll see if he can uh, reassume his job in the NFL and maybe try to take over for Ray Edwards if he departs, Ray Edwards and Pat Williams could be gone, you gotta not like that, a lot of people though, again, excited about the talent of Christian Ballard, he was of course out of Iowa, a very familiar school to people around here, not really, again, not the sexiest stats in the history of the world in his career. His uh, best season, of course, was best season was 2009 because he didn't even play in 2010. Again, that's another problem. <laughs> Did not even play in 2010. Did have five and a half sacks in 2009. The talent was there at times. He had nine tackles for loss in his what would have been his his junior season. I mean, what was his junior season, excuse me. What was his junior season. Uh, very solid career. But again, a question mark. We will see just how things turn out. We will see indeed. Uh, probably would have been a lot higher pick had he, in fact, played in 2010. I mean, it's kind of a problem when you can't even play. Yeah. So then we shift to the next pick. Brandon Burton, cornerback. Out of Utah, Brandon Burton, cor cornerback out of Utah, taken uh, from his junior, yep, he was a junior, of course, taken in round five, the eighth pick in round five, 139 overall. Pretty much a depth pick, folks, pretty much a depth pick here. Sounds a lot like a replacement for Asher Allen, I guess, because basically the talk about him is all, pretty much only good in press coverage, got burned way too much otherwise, but a fit for what Leslie Frazier likes to do with his cornerbacks, which is press coverage. He did get two interceptions in his junior season in 2010. Outside of that, a solid player, but pretty much going to be a depth guy. Man, probably will spell the end for Asher Allen's career in Minnesota. Most likely, I got to think that this guy will replace him, because why not? Asher Allen can't really stop anybody. Maybe this guy can, but, uh, well, I guess it's between Asher Allen and, and Brandon Burton. Maybe one of them will make it and one of them won't. We're going to find out what happens with that. Maybe Asher Allen is already going to be cut anyway. Who knows? I mean, with free agency this season, we honestly have no idea what is going to happen with free agency this season because we're still waiting to find out when free agency begins. Like, that is a problem, folks. Yes, it is. As now we shift to the sixth round and DeMarcus Love. That's right, DeMarcus Love. Taken by the Vikings in the 6th round. 3rd pick in the 6th round, 168th overall. Basically, he's big. He's a big guy with long arms, and that's very good indeed. Uh, talk is that he can add depth at multiple positions. Multiple positions. So the good news with DeMarcus Love is, yeah, the Vikings' only pick in for the offensive line was a 6th rounder. Uh, might be another Chris Jaguar, but <laughs> no. Uh, he was taken out of Arkansas, that is. Uh, this guy, Chris Jaguar, actually was fairly solid in the small time that he got to play last year when he did get to play a little bit. Chris Jaguar was okay. Demarcus Love could be kind of another Chris Jaguar. Jaguar had long arms, is very big as well, uh, and can play multiple positions. So, hey, I guess you take more of these guys, the more depth you have on the line. But sooner or later, you got to hope one of these guys can be a starter and be better than the current starters that we have because uh, it's getting old. It is. It sucks that Steve Hutchinson is getting old. It sucks that uh, 
John Sullivan actually has short arms for the position and really isn't the greatest player ever. He was a sixth-round pick as well. I mean, all these offensive linemen the Vikings take have been sixth-round picks. Yeah, you, you got you got you got really lucky with Matt Burke in the sixth round back in '98. Let's uh, try to get past that a little bit. Let's try to get past that a little bit. It would be nice. Phil Oldhold, of course, a very exciting pick for the Vikings in the second round in 2009. Disappointing in 2010 with, of course, maybe one or two games later in the year that were exceptions. But uh, Phil Oldhold, very frustrating last season in 2010. A very big sophomore slump for Philip Lodeholt. We stay in the sixth round. It's only two picks later. That's right, two picks later. The Vikings have three sixth-round picks, <laughs> all two picks away from each other, third, fifth, and seventh. The Vikings, of course, DeMarcus Love in the, in the, with the third pick. The fifth pick, Mr. All Raymond, free safety out of South Florida. Again, another depth guy, maybe special teams. Who knows what's going to happen. We take the center, Brandon Fusco, out of Slippery Rock. Another, uh, so I guess we get two offensive linemen overall. Possibly a guy who could help compete with John Sullivan. I mean, somebody's going to have to, but he was a... <laughs> I mean, it's just, you just don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, a big guy, though, six foot five, three oh five. He got it like that, but can he play in this league? We will see indeed. He will definitely give John Sullivan at least a little bit of competition at the position. The Vikings definitely need that. John Cooper was okay filling in for John Sullivan at times. A couple of a couple of Johns at center. Brandon Fusco, we'll see how that turns out. Mr. Raymond, again, as mentioned, he's going to try to be uh, try to be a backup or try to be a try to be a special teams or we'll see what happens. Who knows? I mean, the Vikings have brought in a lot of guys like that that have turned out like uh, Eric Frampton, guys like Hussein Abdullah. They, they've worked out in the past. They've worked out in the past. Those guys were actually training camp invitees that worked out very nicely. So sometimes these late picks or these first round free agent type guys, or excuse me, first round, like undrafted free agent type guys, can work out at, at times. We'll see what happens there. Ross Holman taken in the sixth round. Again, another sixth round pick. Amazing. Vikings had, threw, had four of them in this draft. Ross Holman taken out of Ohio State. Again, depth something. We'll see what happens. Small for his position. Unfortunately, he's only six foot two twenty-seven. That's pretty tiny. Uh, concerns about his durability, lack of elite speed. Sounds like a cut. Okay, maybe not. Sounds like the guy we'll be having a movie about because he's the next, you know, Brian Urlacher. When everybody thought he was going to be a big nothing, so it's going to be one of those two. He's either going to get cut or he's going to be the next Brian Urlacher. We'll just see what happens. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens there. <laughs> DeAndre Reed. Boy, that name sounds good, huh? Oh, wait, it's DeAndre. It's not Andre Reed. Uh, defensive end from Arizona. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens at this one. This is the seventh round pick, 12th pick overall all in the seventh round, 215th in the entire draft there. Um, we'll see. He's pretty athletic. That's the good part. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens. He's a developmental pick. Maybe he'll work out. Maybe he won't. I know very little about him, unfortunately. 
I know very little about some of the guys uh, ahead of him. <laughs> to be honest, not at the top, though. I mean, there's stuff to know there. Uh, Stephen Burton, the last pick. Again, another guy we hope could be maybe a special teams guy or get super lucky. Usually when you take a wide receiver in the seventh round, though, it's more of a special teamer potential pick. Uh, very unlikely they're going to see snaps uh, with the regular offense. But maybe. You just don't know. Very big guy. That's good. Six foot four, two fifteen from West Texas A&M. West Texas A&M. Yep. We will see what happens. He was a compensatory selection due to free agents' loss in the past. Of course, I as was uh, Horman, the sixth round pick above the linebacker. We will see what happens here. We will see what happens to Stephen Burden. Again, know very little about him, but <laughs> they say he has good body control but has to work in his route running. Okay, well, try to compete for that special teams position. See what happens from there. Who knows? Might be a little big for special teams, but again, who knows? We will see how that turns out. So that's your 2011 draft for the Minnesota Vikings. How do you rate it? Well, uh, Hard to say right now, but I would personally, Christian Ponder, who was supposed to go a little bit lower, but the fact that the Vikings did have the guts to take him, they did have the balls, the cojones, whatever you want to call them, to take Christian Ponder. Right now, I'm going to give him a B plus. I'm going to give him a B plus. I uh, would have liked to see a little more offensive line depth. They did take two offensive linemen, not one. So again, I apologize, but uh, you know, the center. He's just going to compete with John Sullivan. Who knows what's really going to happen there? You really don't know. But then again, competition with any of those guys is a good thing because of how poorly they played in 2010. That offensive line was pretty poor, to say the least. <laughs> it really was. DeMarcus Love, though, I'm. Hey, it's a, it's a depth pick. It's not really a big time. Like here we go. Let's let's you know he's he's not a bookend for the offensive line. Vikings need a bookend for that offensive line. Yes, they do. 2009, they, they potentially did that with Phil Oldholt. We'll see what happens. But they need more Phil Oldholt type players on this roster and a little bit less of these developmental uh, fill-in type guys. They really do, and they didn't do that this year, and they don't do it very often. They really don't. That's the only disappointment, really, overall. Uh, they didn't need a running back. Um, wide receiver, they're okay at the position overall I would have to say they're they're not the greatest ever you know they're not the they're not they're not the 49ers in the 80s at the wide receiver position but they're not the worst if if Sydney if you can just keep Sydney Rice and Percy Harvin keep them healthy and all that there's your there's your cornerstones of the wide receiver position there you go enjoy have fun the cornerback Brandon Burton who knows you know, that's just, <laughs> you don't like what you see that he got constantly beaten in college. That's uh, that's Asher Allen in the NFL already. Asher Allen already does that in the NFL. So if a guy's getting beaten in college, you don't get too excited early on. But mm, you never know. Maybe he steps up and uh, steps up and goes out there in his game for the Vikings. Someday. <laughs> Certainly not in his first year with the team, but someday. And he may never set foot on the football field either. So, again, having a quarterback is a good thing. I'm very excited about that, and we'll talk about that more with you uh, listeners out there that were kind enough to post on the Facebook page. 
facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show. So we'll get to that Facebook page and talk about Arden Hills all in the next segment. back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 88, which is a reminder for all MB3 player users, like the iPod, like the Microsoft Zune, and the like. Quick reminder, Purple Mafia does have a Twitter account. It is twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia show, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. It would have helped had I mentioned also the call-in line when I was taking the call in from Anthony from L.A. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you are calling it a Purple Mafia and then do your do your call, statement, shout-out, question, comment, whatever. There you go. Great to have you on board. And, yeah, being it's been over two months since I've done a show, you tend to get a little rusty and you tend to get a little excited to be back on the air. And you do something a little bit, well, unorthodox, we'll say. I made a small mistake earlier. Good thing I was like, good thing I remembered what I said just a you know a few minutes ago, talking about the first round, how things took place with Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert. Well, no, Jake Locker did go number eight, yeah, to the Tennessee Titans. The Washington Redskins pick was actually uh, number ten, and that went to the Jaguars for Blaine Gabbert. So that's what happened. I was very excited of the Vikings' possibility of getting Blaine Gabbert, him slipping to 12, which, of course, we all knew wouldn't happen. It was a matter of would the Vikings make a trade with the Dallas Cowboys for number 9. That would have been terrific. Yeah, that's another post from Anthony from L.A. Uh, kind of got me going there on that. Um, plain and simple, I just did not have the draft order of the first round in front of me. I mostly just was talking about the Minnesota Vikings draft at the time. I was going to have the draft order in front of me when I was... Uh, talking about the at, at this point when we're getting into the actual overall draft in terms of we're talking about the Facebook group and what took place in the first round for the Vikings and others um, and what led to Christian Potter coming here. Unfortunately, I just was not sharp and did not put the draft order in front of me the whole time, and I should have, so I got a little mixed up being the draft was a month ago, and mostly this show is focused on the Vikings and not everybody else, but again, I apologize for that mistake. Uh, no mistake is too small, and again, yes, I apologize for that. Not a sharp move by me, and uh, I'm here and mad enough to admit it. So here we go. With that, we are going to get to that Facebook group. <laughs> Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do go to that website. Do scroll down and click the like button. Please do that. I would appreciate it oh so very much. As uh, we'll be having a small announcement about that later on. A small announcement about a potential drawing for prizes. A monthly drawing for prizes. We'll start off with it as monthly. Maybe we'll make it weekly, but probably say monthly at this point because I can't always do a show every single week. 
because of my schedule. I do apologize for that, but that's just how life is. A lot of you working adults know what I mean there. So <clears throat> we're going to start with Anthony Bautista saying that, man, Bla Blaine Gabbert was still there till the stupid Jags made a trade, and that's basically what happened there. That's what got me going on the whole, uh, got me going in the first round and all that, how things took place. Yes, it was heartbreaking, as I said. Lynn Gabbert was my number one guy on the board. I would have taken him number one overall if the Vikings had the pick. Yeah, we'll see how stupid I am when if Blaine Gabbert succeeds or does not succeed in the National Football League and to what extent. Um, that We would have had to move up to nine to be able to do that. just didn't happen. Dan Taylor from the U.K., of course, Anthony Batista from L.A., we know that. Um, Dan Taylor says, by the way, Dan, a great, just another, there's two Dans that are great, just fantastic contributors to this show, and Dan Taylor is one of them. Dan Doro is another. You guys are just amazing. Dan Taylor's comment is, if we move up to number nine, we'd lose our second round pick, which would have made Gabbard our only player in the top three rounds. As it is, we got a quarterback of the future who absolutely would not have been there for us in the second round without trading up and losing more picks. And we still have a chance to get a good lineman or defensive back. So, yep, good thoughts, Dan Taylor. A little common sense approach there. Um, a reminder that, hey, yeah, I know we don't even have a third-round pick, so we would have to give up their second round, and that would have uh, been a... This, this, this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That would have been a little bit of an issue, potentially. Uh, good thoughts, Dan. As always, just love what he has to say virtually all the time. A really, really good poster. Really good poster, Dan Taylor. Um, let's just keep moving along here. This show is going to be a little long. Brent Jacobson putting up a nice post up here. Minnesota Vikings Nation, welcome to the Vikings. Christian Ponder, you know, he put up a post there. Something to check out if you'd like. I'm sure a lot of you have over the course of time. Brent Jacobson always posting a lot of good stuff on here. Always appreciate Brent. And hey, if you're listening, Brent, and I'm sure you are at some point, <laughs> Please call into the phone line again, man. I, I miss hearing from you. I do. I miss hearing from you. And those of you out there, again, 209-736-7877. One, one or two or ten of you, whatever, that haven't called in yet, maybe Dylan Richardson could call in, too, at some point. He's, of course, the executive producer on thesportstuff.com. He's a Bears fan, and he's also a great contributor to the show when he, when he does call in and when he posts in the Facebook group, uh, page. I keep calling it group. Um... <clears throat> Brent Jacobson putting another post up here saying that uh, NFP's Wes Bunting says that he has Ponder ranked as the draft's top quarterback and thinks the Vikings made themselves a good future signal. ESPN's Tom Pelissaro said that one scout told me if there's one quarterback who could pick up a system and start immediately, it's Ponder. He's like a genius. CBS's Pete Prisco, that's a nice name, grade A. I love this pick. I think he will be the best in this class. Woo, smart, tough. Sees the field. Great move, Vikings. So, a lot of the experts out there, and you've, we've heard of them, especially Tom Pelissaro. That's a name we've heard a gajillion times over the years, being sports fans. All of us that listen are probably sports fans, or at least about 99% of us. Maybe not my girlfriend. She's just kind of still learning. But, uh, yeah, about sports. But you get the idea. Um, hey, it's cool. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Um, good, very encouraging. A lot of the, the naysayers have kind of have kind of uh, chilled out a little bit. 
I'm not going to say they've gone away, but they've chilled out with the Christian Ponder pick. This could be pretty fun. Yeah, it's like the NFL lockout went away and came back. Yeah, we already talked about that. Dandaro put a nice picture of Mr. Of course, Mr. Christian Ponder, number seven for the Florida Seminoles. Nice picture up there posted by Dan Doro. Gotta love that. And they're also post something out there about the best draft coverage with the NFL. Literally the NFL network. Yeah, they do. They do a phenomenal job. I gotta love uh, <laughs> you gotta love the NFL network. They are they, they know what they're doing. Uh, Jandoro's comment is I'm glad they didn't trade up and waste picks on Blaine. I not <laughs> I like it how the Vikings reached for Ponder, but the Titans got their guy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because Jake Locker was supposed to go twelfth or later, according to like every draft. Every draft, like the twelfth was about as was the lowest he, or the highest he was supposed to go. So, oh boy! But the Vikings reached, and the the Titans got their guy. You know, yeah, good, good thought, Dan. Good strong comment there. Um, I know I'm late to the party and commenting about that, but hey, I hope you're listening, Dan, and I'm sure you are. Um, and it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I love Blaine Gabbert. He would have been number one on my board. Would have embraced trading up, but it's like, still, yeah, good thoughts, Dan, by uh, saying that seriously. It's like, let's play fair here, guys. Let's play fair. Let's play fair out there, those of you out there, the naysayers. Well, the Vikings reached and the Titans didn't. Well, maybe they both reached a teeny tiny bit, but, did, yeah, they reached but got their guy. How about that? Uh-huh. How about that? Chris Tucker's comment is, I really like the player. This guy had the highest accuracy of any college passer in 2009. I remember, it was about 69%, almost 70 uh, when he was healthy. And once... <laughs> Once he was finally healthy at the Senior Bowl this year, he was the MVP. Yeah, he was also a pretty clutch guy, by the way, out there, folks. Christian Ponder's pretty clutch late in games with those big drives in college. Gotta love it. Uh, continuing here on Chris Tucker's comment, he says, Also, the guy has already achieved a BA and Master's degree in four years of college. That's crazy impressive as far as smarts go. Because, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Master's degrees usually take six years. It took uh, Ponder four. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Hopefully that means he will learn the playbook uh, a lot quicker than Tavares Jackson. Man, you think I'm going to put myself through that again? I would, uh, I would hope the possibilities of that are uh, on the positive side. I would think so, and I think they will be. Go Christian Ponder. Yeah, indeed. Good thoughts, guys. Dan Doro says, just to clarify, when I said wasting picks, I meant trading them away like the Falcons did. Yeah, the Falcons gave up a lot. Absolutely crazy. Dan Taylor says how Kyle Rudolph's second pick was the best tight end in the draft, and it says to me that we're moving to a lot more two tight end sets, which helps the passing game and takes some pressure off the O-line. And, uh, yeah, with the current O-line, that could be why the Vikings, that could be the strategy with the Vikings as to why they didn't really focus on the O-line in this draft. Uh, two tight end sets, yeah, that sounds like about where we're headed, doesn't it? It does. It does sound like where we're headed, and more of a a uh, little bit of West Coast offense still sticking around here, I think. In fact, they call it that with Bill Musgrave, but it's not like it's not really identified as anything. Sometimes that's really a good thing, and sometimes it's really not. When it's like there's really no identity to the offense, it's kind of got its own identity. You know, sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's not. Like Tim Brewster's offense for the Gophers, I don't think that really had an identity. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim Brewster, he was a great coach, just great. Um, 
Kyle Rudolph could be really, really good, though. Uh, the good talk of, but yeah, Rudolph is probably is ultimately going to be more of a blocking tight end. I think he he can receive and do a good job, but he's more of a blocking tight end than anything else. Vasante is absolutely a receiving tight end. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker, back on the boards here. He says this pick is big for our offense because now the defense can't key on run or pass, and we have the two tight ends in. The Pats offense really sold me on this scheme last year. Just think, Sidney, Percy, Shank, Rudolph lined up with AP in the backfield. What do you do? I like it. I like it, Chris. It's going to make things very interesting indeed. Of course, the NFL lockout returns, and Anthony Bertice's comment is, I hate this. And uh, yeah, how, how can you not? How can you not? Dan Taylor comments about defensive tackle Christian Ballard from Iowa. He says Mayock, Mayock had him as the best player available for the third day <laughs> and says he's a second-round talent who dropped for doing a Percy Harvin and failing the marijuana test at the Combine. <laughs> we'll be seeing a lot of, of him earlier this year with the Kevin Williams suspended or Pat and Pat retired and or Pat retired. Yep, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm... It's just he's yeah, like I said, a lot very similar to the fourth round pick last year of the Vikings at that defensive end, you know, very much so, very very much so, a uh, hit and miss type of pick. Brandon Burton, oh goody, Brandon Burton, defensive back from Utah. He says he's analysis says he's physical against receivers at the line, and has a good job for breaking up balls. I love that. Uh, needs to develop better awareness when playing off-man and zone. But he's a good prospect to replace Winfield eventually. We'll see. It's nice to have some depth. But again, how they're talking about, you know, burned in college a lot. Yeah, that's great. We'll see, though. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, heck, Anton Winfield's been burned before, too. Anton Winfield's been burned before, too. So very hard to say what's going to happen. Uh, people still talking. Dan Doro putting up uh, Rudolph again. Chris Tucker saying this was a great pick. The oh no, not not no. This is this is Christian Ballard. Excuse me. Um, he says this was a great pick. The weed was good to the Vikes again. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> it's classic. Dan Doro putting up some more pictures, and then Dan Taylor comments says some quick analysis on the late round picks. Offensive line: Demarcus Love and Brandon Love. <laughs> Gotta love this, all these <laughs> both developmental guys, but have the size and strength to develop into quality guards. Defensive back Mistral Raymond. Mistral Raymond, like where's the love? It's on the offensive line. But uh defensive back Mistral Raymond was a safety in college and is a good cover man and has kick return skills. Linebacker Ross Holman made calls on the Ohio defense and could play weak side linebacker if we lose Ben Lieber. And defensive line, Andre, DeAndre, not Andre Reed, DeAndre Reed, and wide receiver Steven Burton, pretty much seventh-round flyers and should really be aiming for practice squad places. Yeah, that's pretty much about it, practice squad, special teams, or nothing, uh, especially early on. You never know. Once in a while, you get all oh, uber-duber-luber-lucky. Dan Darrell making lots of nice posts here. He became a admin for the Purple Mafia page. Very well deserved, Dan Doro, and congratulations again. Even though I'm late to the party, Bond, in terms of mentioning it on this show, absolutely. Lots and more posts on here. I'm gonna 
let you guys check those out when you want to. Dan Taylor again, another another post asking when any idea when you'll do the show. And uh, yeah, man, I am really sorry, Dan. It was so long. It's about a month late. That was May third that you posted that. It's about a month later here, and you know, <laughs> it's pretty crazy stuff. Pretty crazy stuff. The Vikings officially hand off. Yep, I <laughs> love this. This is so funny. Yep, they officially hand up Jackson's number seven. Your first round pick, Ponder. Everybody very happy about that. Everybody very, very happy about that. Brent Jacobson says, uh, of course, Dan Darrow put good with several exclamation points up there. In fact, six of them. I'm surprised he didn't put seven just to use the number again. Uh, Brent Jacobson says, as the French would say, bonne riddance. <laughs> bonne riddance. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I remember how Brent used to say that on the call-in line at times. Uh, though part of me thinks in the rights game, T-Jack could be good. Our West Coast offense wasn't that right system. And no, it's... Uh, can't disagree with Brent Jacobson at all. Uh, T-Jack needs a vertical offense, and the uh, West Coast offense is, well, the opposite. Plain and simple. So there you go. Dan Doro again with another post about how the Wilfs meet the, with the governor. County claims stadium deal close. So that's pretty much where we're headed. Again, more stadium talk. That's where we're headed now because it's, there's nothing else to talk about. There is no free agency. It's all about the stadium. It's all about the stadium in Arden Hills. So I'm going to take one more break. Yep, we're going to take one more quick break, gather ourselves, and I'll save those Arden Hills posts for uh, the remainder of the show here. We will be right back. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Episode number 88 again, which is a reminder for all you MP3 player users, like the iPod and all that good stuff. Um, yep, this is the last time, this is the last segment, I promise. <laughs> Usually I don't split the show up so much, but uh, in this case, I just kind of had to, uh, just how things go. So many different things to talk about and all that, we want to have some form of organization to this show, it'd be nice. So yes, the Arden Hills Stadium, we're going to close the show with the Arden Hills Stadium conversation. Um, the Metro, the Minneapolis tried to jump in at the last second when the Vikings were on the verge of announcing a deal with Arden Hills for a stadium. Um, of course, okay, I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, yeah, the, the Minneapolis steps in at the last second. Vikings are like, okay, whatever, and sign the deal with Arden Hills anyway. Because Minneapolis, well, too little, too late. They just didn't really seem to care until the last second went, oh, shoot, the Vikings really mean it, and we don't want the Vikings to leave Minneapolis. That would be... That would really suck, wouldn't it? Well, the Vikings weren't really worried about that at the time. They announced a deal, of course, as we know. This was about a month ago already. Um, with Arden Hills, of course, we all know. We all know what this means. Absolutely bleeping nothing. And you know why? Because there is no stadium until it gets through the state and gets through the legislature and all that good stuff. Uh, we're still waiting, folks. We're still waiting. Of course, they're all fighting around and all that good stuff. Um, it's it's not fun. Uh, this is obviously actually a lot further than we've gotten with the Vikings Stadium than anywhere else, but still, it doesn't mean anything until the vote's done, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, like they actually vote on it, and it gets approved by one vote, just like the Target Field did. Target Field success has been pretty nice. I'd like to see a new football stadium for the Minnesota Vikings in Arden Hills. It would be terrific. It would be nice if it was in Minneapolis as well. 
Unfortunately, that scenario, the Vikings would lose up to $40 million because they'd lose, uh, what, 15 a year or 13 a year officially in about a four-year, four years having to play in TCF Field, which is plain and simple, too small for, for NFL football. They lose about $40 million, so they don't. that's another reason why they wouldn't want to do that with the uh, Metrodome, uh, tear down the Metrodome and uh, build a new stadium on that site. Um, but here, let's just focus on the Arden Hills one at this point. It would officially be an $884 million retractable roof stadium. Of course, they're also adding in lots of road repair in it, so it'll be over a billion dollars in the uh, whole plan. Uh, but $884 million retractable roof stadium. I do like that idea. Retractable roof. doesn't really get much better than that. And, of course, the facility would be used by several different things. It could also support major league soccer, which Lester Bagley so kindly introduced of the possibility of that, and we probably would think Ziggy Wolf would like to invest in something like that. And uh, it would be nice to have major league soccer in this town. Minnesota Strikers and the Minnesota Thunder are not Major League Soccer. Minnesota Strikers folded up because business just was too scarce. Um, the Thunder have been around for a long time, but are not a Major League Soccer team. They're just not. Um, it'd be cool to see Major League Soccer in Minnesota. Not that I care about soccer, not that I'd watch soccer, but a lot of other people do. I'd support them as Minnesota's team. That'd be cool. Maybe I'd watch a little bit. Soccer is not my thing. Sorry, guys. Stay out there may love soccer. Some of you may played it when you're younger. Maybe you're playing it now because you're a teenager or you're in some adult league somewhere. I care less about soccer. No, I really couldn't. Maybe if the USA got somewhere in the World Cup, but uh, that'll happen when hell freezes over. So, to be frank. <laughs> uh, but back to the stadium itself, rather than the proposed Major League Soccer team, which will happen about 19 years from now anyway. If it ever happened, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, the plan also features 20,000, 21,000 parking spaces that could conceivably generate revenue for the team while creating a game day destination for NFL fans. Yeah, it'd be kind of similar to like the way the New England Patriots have it, where they kind of have a Patriot country spot, you know. It would be like Viking country. You know, it'd be similar to that. A lot of people like that idea. Um, the information I'm reading right now, Thanks to Care 11, I'm gonna I'll cite them as that. Obviously, Care11.com. I'm using that information here just to make sure that uh, yeah, I'm making sure I cite my source here or however they say that source of information. Excuse me. Yeah, he wanted to bring back. Uh, no, Ziggy Wilf's comment is we wanted to bring back the tradition of tailgating, a full day experience our fans want. So yep, indeed there. I like the thought of that. Uh, yeah, there's tailgating at the, with the whole Metrodome thing, but it's usually several parking lots away. Uh, it's okay, but it's not really like the full-blown tailgating like the the, uh, the old Met Stadium was. I mean, the Met Stadium just had flat-out big, giant parking out on, the, out on the surface, not in a billion ramps all over the city like it is with the Metrodome. Um, it's kind of a cool idea. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, the Wolves said that our, the Arden Hills site would combine the outdoor atmosphere of the old Metropolitan Stadium parking lot in Bloomington with the all-weather flexibility of the Metrodome because of the ability to close the roof. I, I, you know, that's really cool. I think that's really cool. Bud Grant weighs in and says, our former coach Bud Grant, a legendary figure, if 
from the team's glory days pointed out that the, <laughs> the ammunition plant sat idle for decades. Now, this is in the area of where the stadium would be built. He says, this is a historic place, he told the media who gathered for the announcement. It's almost as though fate saved it for the Vikings. Let's take advantage of it. Bring on the Packers. Nice thought by Bud Grant there. Uh, Ramsey County's share would be $350 million, or 33% of the total project, which would be financed through a half-cent county sales tax. The football stadium bill pending in the legislature authorizes the team's local partner to impose local option sales packs without a public referendum. So there it is. Uh, the Vikings officially would be contributing $407 million, which is 44% of the stadium and 39% of the total development, meaning the, you know, the roads as well, which is about a billion dollars for the entire project. There's a lot of improvement that would be needed. Remember Target Field? There was a little bit of road construction as well. I mean, there's going to be some road construction and when you build a stadium. That's just how it goes. This would be a little bit bigger than some. Um, the stadium of Minnesota would be expected to pick up $300 million of the project or 28% or a 28% share. The stadium bill authorizes the state to raise that revenue through a sports memorabilia tax and special taxes paid by players, which would be it's kind of cool. Got it like that. And those who attend games. See, that affects sports fans, sports players, uh, you know, people that want the stadium. So a lot of you legislators out there, legislators out there, chill out a little bit. And this comment by this one guy, I don't remember his name. I wish I wrote it down. I just randomly saw it on TV the other day. It's, it's immoral to, to build a stadium with, with any type of help from the state or anybody. You know, I'm really tired of that type of talk. I, I really am. I guess I guess all of these sports fans are gonna go you know are gonna go to hell because they supported this. It's just so immoral, you know. You're immoral, <laughs> you know. That's what I'd like to tell him. You know, it's just I'm I'm tired of these obnoxious politicians. I really am. They just any any form of something that doesn't involve a handout, possibly to just to to them, we'll say, is immoral. That's all I got to say about that. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Also, the talk is the stadium would seat 65,000 for typical, for typical football games, but would be expandable to 72,000 for special events such as the NCAA Final Four or the Super Bowl. That's kind of cool right there. Uh, yeah, one day earlier, we're getting back to the Minneapolis thing, Mayor Archie Ryback made a formal bid to keep the Vikings in the Mill City, announcing plans for a new $895 million football stadium. As I said, in Metrodome, the plan would also finance a $100 million facelift for the Target Center. Uh, I do support the Target Center facelift, yeah. Let's talk about that. It would make the Target Center last another 20 years, as they say. That's a lot cheaper than building a new arena, I think. So I support that. I talked about that on Timberwolves Explosion earlier, and we'll probably talk about it on the show we're going to do probably this week. Episode number 69 of Timberwolves Explosion, available on the sports.com and iTunes. Um... It's going to be really interesting to see how this turns out. Arden Hills, again, the site cost would be 274 and $340 million compared to only $30 million on a new stadium in the Metrodome site. This, of course, talking about the infrastructure and road improvements. So it'd be a lot more infrastructure and road improvements involved with the Arden Hills location versus the Metrodome one. Only $30 million for the Metrodome, 274 and 340 range. 
That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, between 274 and 340. Yeah, that's a big difference. <laughs> that's a big, giant difference. But, yeah, as mentioned, the Vikings would lose about $40 million had they gone to the national, I know, the NCAA uh, venue of TCF Stadium. That would be a problem. Yes, it would. Uh, Governor Dayton said he's willing to contribute $300 million from the state. So that's basically where Governor Dayton stands on that. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. It's been pretty quiet of late, but the good news is it hasn't been voted down. That's the good news. The bad news is we've heard virtually nothing. It's been pretty quiet. That's the bad news. We're waiting. We're just waiting for the Republicans and Democrats to uh, clean up the mess that they're dealing with in the legislature. They're not getting a deal done, basically. And that's a big reason why we're not hearing anything about the state, because they're still arguing about their whole referendum as it is. Oh, politics. Oh, politics. Mm-mm-mm. Fun, fun times. So, <laughs> whatever. At least it hasn't been voted down, and this is by far the most likely Minnesota Vikings stadium uh, proposal in existence since the Vikings stadium, <laughs> since the Vikings first brought up the whole stadium idea to begin with. So, that's the good news. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. That's the good news. The bad news is we fail here. We fail. This goes away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anthony, you just might have a National Football League team that you love very much that dons purple and gold. There's a small chance that could happen. Um, it could. Though I know the Chargers are the much more likely team to move there. It's just still it's a very big possibility if the Vikings do not have a stadium to play in or a lease Vikings are not leased to stay anywhere because they're not going to sign a 30-year lease of the Metronome again. Uh, no, that's dead. The lease is up, folks. The lease is up. Let's get the stadium done. Please, let's get the stadium done. So we're going to close episode 88. The Allen Page with that. But oh, but first, speaking of legendary uh, Minnesota athletes <laughs> on the Facebook page, we're going to have one final miniature tiny teeny tiny topic Harmon Killebrew of course died this was on May 17th Harmon Killebrew died on May 17th uh, I posted it on the Facebook page he was a legendary twins first baseman third baseman and outfielder mostly known as a first baseman though died at age 74 unfortunately due to esophageal cancer um, a great just an absolutely just an absolute gem of a man and, of course, one of the greatest hitters that ever lived. And even better, he was honest about it. So a quick moment of silence for the legendary Harmon Killebrew. Thank you again, Harmon, and uh, rest in peace. So with that, we are going to get to the contact details. Verbal Mafia, thesportstuff.com, and iTunes always... Thanking you for listening for the show. Uh, remember, there are message boards on the sportsstuff.com. We would appreciate if you joined those. Go to the front page of the website on the sportsstuff.com. There's a button that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that, then click register. Get yourself a screen name. Get on those boards. Talk about the National Football League in the uh, NFC North Division Forum. You can talk about football with all the guys in there in that forum. Would be fantastic. 
Dylan split it up into divisions, not teams. Divisions. That way you can have more banter back and forth with other guys in the division. Kind of like that. Like Bears fans like Dylan Richardson. Gotta love that. There's Packer fans like like Schmitty out there. Hey, why not have some conversation with them? And of course, Mavs fan out there who is a big giant Minnesota Vikings fan. Appreciate him very much for his support of the Vikings and of the show. Thank you always for that. Uh, so yes, please do join those message boards. Would appreciate it very much. Also, don't forget the call in line 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Again, it's a voicemail. Do treat it as such. You call it. Would be appreciated very, very much. Don't forget about the Facebook group. Don't forget to like Pur- the Purple Mafia Show on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And finally, the Twitter account. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. All very simple. And I'd like you I'd like to hear from you out there. Would be nice to meet you on there on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. Or the call-in line. Would be terrific. Very last thing, PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com is my personal email if you'd like to get a hold of me that way. But Facebook seems to be a lot simpler to get a hold of me. I am, of course, Joey Awajan. That's right, Joey Awajan. <laughs> A-W-A-I-J-A-N-E. <laughs> You'll see me on there, though. You'll know how to spell it by seeing me on there. And, of course, on the iTunes thing where it shows who is the host of the show. Yeah. All right, thank you always for listening. do appreciate you oh so very much. And, uh, well, let's hope this lockout ends and we have more to talk about soon. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.